Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Blow Off Valve podcast. It's the podcast for general automotive and motorsports news, as well as anything else car-related we find interesting. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker, and we're going to be wrapping up kind of our initial series of uh, introductory podcasts here with uh, Tucker's car history, which is uh, quite eclectic. So um, why don't you start us off with uh, what your first sweet wide was? Right, so um, I actually was just saying I had to write all these down to get the whole list together. I think there's some that I've forgotten. Um, this is a sign you have a problem. <laughs> this is a sign you have a problem. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's a consistent problem, too. Okay, so when I, was in, when I was in high school, I basically had to choose between uh, a white Pontiac Bonneville and a Dodge Neon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> For my first Dodge. That's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going with the Pontiac Bonneville. Um, I, do, I don't know that in any other... Right? <laughs> in, in any other scenario, I would say this, but you made the right choice getting the Pontiac Bonneville. <laughs> I think so. Oh, my God. Like, <sighs> how are those I, the two options? I think it was a. It was basically like my dad liked to shop at a certain you know dealership, and and this was what they had in the price range. Okay. <laughs> so you know if you know if we had been casting a wider net, I probably could have gotten something different. But those were the options. Okay, got and, it. And um, but the Bonneville, you know, I did own that, and typically when I would drive it, I worked at a grocery store, so I would wear you know, the cutoff, you know, collared shirt with a bright mm-hmm. silver, you know, Regis Philbin tie and oh, yeah. aviator shades. So got a lot of strange looks because I don't think aviators were like they were they were in between like the phase before they were cool and then they weren't cool and they were but it was before they were cool again. You just gotta own it. You just gotta own yeah. it. And that that car stuck with me, you know, throughout pretty much high school and into college and i it just died one time on a vacation road trip and i i don't even remember what killed it but it was you know it was a kill switch it was done it was old age old age while they got the bonneville you know and then the next car basically when i went to college i didn't really have a car because i was on campus for a while and so it was my sister that basically got the next car and i and i kind of used it kind of inherited it at times, mm. and that was a Volkswagen Jetta. So that was the first sorority girl car. First sorority girl car. I just get out ahead of that. <laughs> what color was it? It was also silver. Okay, okay. But Generic it, you know, VW silver. Yeah, but it was manual. You know, it was a manual. Okay. Okay, so it was respectable. Like, cool. So, t- so your sister could drive uh, manual as well? Yeah, she knew how to drive. Um, nice. I respect and- it. I'll say this, you know, walking away from that car, you know, at the time we were living in, you know, a big city. And it just reminded me of like, okay, these are a total pain in the butt in stop and go traffic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love them. Kind of they're great. But they're fun when you've got some roads to work with. Right. You're um, rolling through the gears or whatever. But yeah, when it's yeah. like first neutral first neutral so so anyways so then i you know i was in um you know med school 
next. And I ended up buying my dad's Audi A6, which was a... Oh, was sweet. A, I didn't know that yeah. was your dad's first. That's cool. Yeah. So after he got rid of the X5, the BMW, mm-hmm. his X5, he ended up getting this A6. And I think both of us were really impressed with it particularly because of the quattro system i i don't i just don't know that like the x5 had it dialed in at, at that point quite yet because you know traditionally bmw had been rear wheel drive and that may have of, been pre like x drive honestly yeah and so like i think they were you know I, I remember watching this video as a kid where they were basically like you know when you accelerate really hard all the weight goes to the back wheels <laughs> And so rear wheel drives great in the snow. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that, guys. Yeah. With the engine in front, I don't know how that how that would that weight transfer makes a whole lot of sense. Either. So we were really impressed with that and, and how yeah. well that car did in the snow. And you know, both of us being up in Minnesota, it made sense to have a car that did well in the snow. And so I bought right. that and it was pretty high mileage. At that mm-hmm. point, probably your dad was like a serious driver. He put on yeah. a ton of miles, right? Oh God, yes. He that guy would put on thirty, forty thousand miles a year. Just one animal. Yeah, he was just was an office on wheels. Yeah. And, um, and so it was. I think I drove that thing all the way through, you know, med school and a residency, and then I think it got up into like the one hundred eighty thousand miles or something. And then, you know, <clears> the the problem with these cars is. Every replacement part is like a fraction of what the original car cost. So right, yeah, the car depreciates, but the replacement the parts are the same. It was brand new. The yeah, parts do not. And so yeah, you're you like, know, I got this car that's worth four grand, and I need a two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the alternator. The, yeah, to replace the suspension is four grand. So right. So it was a fun car, but it was time to part with it. And um, at the time, though, I could kind of reflected on the Audi ownership experience. And I thought, boy, you know, these are uh, really good in the snow. And um, I was looking at the A4. You know, it's not a novelty now, but back in, oh, it must have been like 2008, 2007, mm-hmm. the, R, the Audi R8 had come out or something. Maybe it was before that. But it was, um, yeah, it was like yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had those LED lights. Oh, those are so freaking cool. The daytime running lights. Yeah. Coolest damn thing ever. And nobody else had them. Nobody else had them. The only other people the only other people that had done something similar were the Angel Eye headlights on the E forty six BMWs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And so that was such a cool touch, yeah. Wasn't it? And so I just thought, oh, I gotta have that. I I wanted to stick with Audi. I thought, you know, let's get these. Let's get this because it's it's a cool feature uh, with the yeah. car. And then, you know, after that, now everybody's got. Um, yeah, there's fucking Kias running around with like daytime running. <laughs> completely meaningless now. But back then, yeah. it was actually really cool. So I got that, but I had always been tempted by the Audi S line. I think was I your was, A4 a manual, by the way? What was that? Was the A4 a manual, by the way, or was it automatic? No, no it wasn't automatic. There wasn't okay. really anything special about that car. It was just like it was a it was a nice new car. I it looks for nice, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Um and and so I think like I had always been impressed with like the car and driver articles where they're like, Oh my gosh, these you know, this S four is like almost as fast as a, a you know, an M three. Right, and right. I don't Not know. Not even the R S, but just the S trim. 
yeah, it was just the S trim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, wow, those are pretty cool. And so, you know, I had the A4 for a while and then I just got the itch and I thought <laughs> I should, I should see if I could get into one of these S S lines. And so <laughs> I, man, you know, I ended up buying, um, I traded the A4 in on an S5. Yeah, yeah. which was, this was by this time for for folks for folks listening that uh, we may not have said this before but we were roommates throughout residency yeah and this was this this happened while we were roommates right yeah we roommates i think it was time? like just before it was like, right it was just before it was back when yeah yeah, yeah. it was just before we started renting the house you know I you I, drove it over to 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 my yeah. apartment and we're like check this shit out that car was amazing I mean, that is that, such a nice shape, like the it, that coupe shape. It was beautiful. It was absolutely a beautiful car. Um, I loved that car. And I remember the first couple of times you took it out, like because it was still like fairly new, like people hadn't yeah. seen it, and you were getting like people looking at you, giving you oh, thumbs yeah. up and stuff. People would be pointing, you know, on the highway when <laughs> they were driving mm-hmm. by. I was like, oh my gosh. I honestly didn't yeah. think it would get that much attention, but I was surprised at how much attention it got and yeah. uh, i think it was just kind of the, the sweet spot because it was like only a year old very low mileage the guy that got out you know got out of it got out of it because it was hard to get out of <laughs> he was right, an right. guy and like had a hard time getting yeah. out of the car it, it was, was not it was not the most like practical from that standpoint because the rear seats aren't really usable like unless and, uh, it's like little kids, even though it's a big car, you know, like it's the size yeah. of a car, you know, at the time I, I wanted it so bad. I was like, I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably bit off a little more than I could chew. He did some bad math. I'm like I can probably afford this <laughs> to make that one happen. And, you know, the guy that I work with at the dealership, he's always just, you know, always there to help out, you know. Oh, yeah. You should he's, totally a, get he's a sniper, dude. <laughs> yeah. So he knows I've got a problem and and rightfully so. Yeah. He's, on like, he's like the bartender at the bar who's not going to cut you off ever. <laughs> yeah, he's not cutting me off. So that, you know, that went on for a while and I loved that car. But there kind of came a point where I was like, all right. You know, I can't be doing all these side hustles, you know, to make this work. I just got to get, you know, get something that's a little more practical, finish up my training and we'll move on to bigger and better things. And so, yeah, I went, I went back to the Jetta at that point and oh, um, but it was a GLI and it was a manual. So, yeah, it I did think, have some cash. You know, and I think if I was saying to you okay, I went and got a GTI, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. cool, yeah. <laughs> it's just because it's a Jetta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that was actually a pretty cool-looking car. It had some, like, black trim pieces. They did it a had job, yeah. nice wheels. Um, I got it tinted. Yeah. You, it it just, the fact, it was such a, yeah. stylistically, a step back. It, <laughs> I was like, it, it was it hurt me a little it was bit a step back in so many ways <laughs> <laughs> it, even even got, today even today when i talk with my wife you know we reflect on that car and mm-hmm. you know she's like you should have just kept that s5 if you that, was that, that when did you guys start dating did you have the s5 when you guys started dating the 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 s5 was just before i started dating 
Oh, uh, so she she really feels like she got the wrong to the deal because she she dated Jetta Tucker. You know what? Though, though, here's the funny thing about that. A good story. When we were out on like one of our first dates, I was like talking about cars because that's all I talked about. And, and you got to run the flag up early, otherwise they don't know what they're getting into. You do. And I was out. You know, we're on the date, and I'm talking about the S5, and she's mm-hmm. like you know afterward confided to me she's like god you know he it was really weird because you were just like hating on this jetta that you just bought which <laughs> to her perspective was like god this is a really nice car really a nice like car yeah <laughs> and all i'm talking about is this s5 that i don't have anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's um, what she knew that's what she knew it was yeah. gonna be trouble and i think that's i think that I, she wishes you had kept it yeah it it you know it sent me down the rabbit hole as we'll will learn, you know, yeah, yeah, with yeah. other cars that I, <laughs> I may or may not have ever purchased. But like we said, we we've talked about some of these other purchases, the BMW in particular, kind of set you on a on a path too. Right. So maybe yeah, there's it, benefit to it. Yeah. 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 I think it it you know I think your move from the S5 to the Jetta probably kind of cemented in your mind that you wanted something some you know something pretty cool as like a daily driver. Yeah. You know, and the, the other thing I I learned with, with the Jetta, the GLI, which was also manual. So that was mm-hmm. kind of fun. But snow tires on front wheel drive car is better, obviously, than all seasons. But right. it's not as good as certainly not as good as snow tires on all wheel drive cars. Right. I mean, you know, where we yeah. lived, we had to cross like this, you know, four lane highway in the morning. And I remember a couple times in the winter getting kind of stuck in that median, just being like, oh, shit, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like my my STI back when I had it on snow tires in the winter, that thing was a mountain goat. It never got stuck. It never got squirrely. Yeah, that thing Super was the reliable. winter war machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you had the know. you had the Jetta for, what was it, a couple of years, maybe? I probably did. I had the Jetta for a couple of years, I think probably until we were late in our in our training. And mm-hmm. again, at the time I was like, okay, I loved the S5, but it wasn't practical from like a back seat perspective. And at, mm-hmm. and at the time I didn't have two cars. So it right. kind of needed to be an all-in-one package. And so I thought I really want to try to source a used S4. I think that'd be the sweet spot. It's got the back seats. It's got the performance I'm looking for. And did you go back to the dealer at that point to say, like, this is what I want? That's what I did. And they said, hey, why don't you take this BMW for the weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking James knew exactly what to do. (laughs) Exactly. Why don't I work on this while you take this BMW for the weekend? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What was that? Was a 335. It was a 335. Mm -hmm. And and so I took it for the weekend and mm-hmm. and it was like all blacked out. I've never really had like a murdered out car, but yeah. it was all blacked yeah. out. And with the, you know, the angel eye headlights being white, mm-hmm. it did look pretty cool. Yeah, um, no, it was a really sharp yeah. looking car. Yeah. And I thought, so I went back and we, we talked about some options, but there wasn't really a, there wasn't really a great option. Probably the, the best option was a, s4 that had 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 been in some kind of accident probably serious enough yeah you wouldn't want to mess with it and it was so 
I just said, ha, you know, screw it. They're going to give me a good deal on this BMW. And, <laughs> you know, to be, to be, you know, when you think about it, the 335 is, was really the equivalent of an S4. It just yeah, was yeah, yeah. bad kind differently. Of, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like it performance wise, they're probably pretty close. Yeah. And now they badge all of those with like an N, right? They call it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 335 yeah. M or something or whatever. 340. Yeah, they, no. they, they bastardized a lot of the, they just put M's on everything that has like, it's like a trim level now instead of. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Now you've got, cause now you've got like the M performance, right? And then yeah. you've got the M performance. You got the, the actual M cars. And there's, then the M cars. Like, yeah. It's, I, I, dude, as someone who loves BMW, I, yeah. I can't even call it anymore. There's like, you've got it like, does, you've got I like, agree. you know, X3 M sports and shit like that. That makes it, no sense. And, and to, to that point, you know, I think if you're, if you're going to ask somebody to buy, let's say an M5 and you're going to pay all this money or an M8, right. Um, Hundred and hundred and thirty, hundred and forty thousand dollars. You've got to protect more. that. You can't just dilute that. I mean, I this right. is probably a subject for a whole other podcast, but <laughs> that, you know that dilution of the M is enough for some people to say, "I'm not, I'm not going to pay one hundred and seventy thousand dollars for a badge that's right. on, you know, every X one driving around." Town. Right. No, I, I actually, I, I have that down as like an, a future show idea. Is like just diluting a brand like both in terms of like the m what like say like the m motorsport like badge means or yeah. even like with ferrari making so many fucking cars you know where it's like yeah. well they made you know ten thousand four eight eight. so yeah you know that sort of thing i i think it would be a really interesting topic to kind of further explore yeah um, what what companies are doing and why they're doing it like for bmw i think it's totally just leveraging their their loyal customers yeah. feelings about the M brand and being yeah. like, okay, you can well, have a piece of it too now. Right. Exactly. Like I can't afford an X three M, but I can get the X three, you know, M sport or something, you know, it's so, for all those, it's for all those people that used to get three series and then debadge them and put an M badge on them. <laughs> you know, I did see one of those one day on uh, <clears throat> one of the highways around town. I was like, God, that's just, what are you doing, man? Don't do yeah, that. <laughs> it never made sense to me. Anyone that anyone that knows anything about cars is going to know that's not a real M car, and anyone anyone yeah. that doesn't know that that's not a real M car isn't going to give a shit about what that badge is. They don't know. Yeah, exactly, because you know you're going to look and be like, "Huh, that's funny. That only has a single exaust pipe." Hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. One of its emission standard. So, so you get the you get the BMW, and what did what did your wife? Well, at your time at the time, your girlfriend. What did she think? I think she was just she just knew this happened. She just knew this situation <laughs> really happened, and you know he'll just show up with something new every once in a while. I'm sure I just sent a picture and was like, "Hey, check this out." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I love that you set the tone though. Yeah, the best thing I, I ever did with this car was put the bronze wheels on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was sweet. That was sweet. Yeah, that, that was, was really crazy. sweet. 
Because so many people do like the black car with the black rims, just like, like you said, the murdered outlook. And so like the bronze was something a little different. Yeah. And I, I looked at a bunch of black cars online and I thought, I, I think this could work. Like, I think this can mm-hmm. actually look cool. So, <clears throat> And this was the car that led to both my wife and your wife giving us endless amounts of shit for copying <laughs> yeah. each other. <laughs> Yeah, we still haven't lived that down. <laughs> no, no. But I think within two or three weeks of choice. You, yeah, within two or three weeks of you getting that BMW, I got mine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think I even... Was like, so nice. Come, yeah, I was like, you got to come in and check this out at the dealership. Mm-hmm. They're, they've got great deals on them right now. And you mm-hmm. were like, maybe I can find a manual. And yeah. So, yeah. No, I lo- I loved it. I hadn't been in like a modern, the last BMW I'd been in was like an E46. So getting nerves was like, wow, this is really nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there was, it was a great car. I had that for maybe three or four years, which I is about, the, sweet about spot. the longest you'd ever had. A car. <laughs> yeah. That's about the sweet spot for me in cars. And then, then I'd like a, like a new experience. So at that mm-hmm. point, as I was deciding, I was kind of done with the BMW, um, which, by the way, I found a, a, a seller and I was able to sell it to him. He just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I mean, like we mm-hmm. said in the last podcast, uh, you you know, we put, you know, KW coilovers on these and lowered them. I put the M Sport exhaust on it. So it sounded great. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit lowered. <clears throat> he had these bronze wheels and. You know, it's not for everybody, but for the guy who thinks it's cool, he's going to buy it. He's going to, and he did. Right. He was like, this is the coolest car ever. <laughs> yeah. You got way more money for that selling it privately than you ever would have gotten <laughs> yeah. traded in. Yeah, exactly. You know, you take it to the dealership and they're like, oh, I don't know. These, you know, bronze wheels, boy. Right. That's they just value the car. waiting to happen. We're going to have to take those off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because you thought those were cool, we're going to have to deduct five grand. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're taking five grand off the trade-in offer. So, uh, so, so, yeah. so, what what motivated you to kind of move on to the BMW from the BMW? You just were kind of I, I ready for something I, different. Yeah, I think for me it was just performance. I wanted a different performance experience, and that was something you said from like day one of owning that BMW. Is you're like, it doesn't really handle as well as i expected not not you know my mom had a i don't even know what it is now it it was probably a 328 um, Mm -hmm. and it was a convertible and that's the car i learned to drive manual on and that thing that was bmw's ultimate driving machine yeah okay it was dialed in that was yeah and this thing was like very comfortable you know you'd take it on a long road trip like a buick Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's not as bad as a Buick, but, you know. It was a GT car, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and so I think, I think, yeah, exactly. That kind of annoyed me a little bit with it, just because, you know, my expectation was this is somewhere along the lines of, you know, Audi's S line. And mm-hmm. it might have been because of the way the car was configured to some extent. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm looking to do something, you know, probably get back in with audi I, i've always really liked that brand um obviously i bought a bunch of their cars before and i thought to myself at you know the rs line had had been over here but only very intermittently you it know it's a little a uh, little bit of forbidden fruit yeah 
Exactly. Like what they brought over was the the RS4 and the RS back in like the 2000s. And then they just went away and it wasn't even an option. And all they sold over here was the S line. And so when they brought back, I think they started with, it might have been the RS5. Yeah, it was the RS, no, RS7. Yeah, maybe it was the RS7 they started with. And then the 5 and then the 3 came over. I remember you... You texted me about the three, like when they came out with the ad for it, you were like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the sweet spot. You know, I knew you were in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, because I thought it's a smaller car. And and so it's it's going to handle, I thought, presumably kind of like a go kart. And all this power and it's got a unique engine. You know, it was. It was a five-cylinder, so it had a very unique sound. Yeah. Um, it, it had, you know, there's kind of some heritage tie-in with that, with some of the older Audis they had made. Mm-hmm. Um, that same engine, I think, was used in the, oh, what is it, the TTRS as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was a unique engine, had a unique sound. It was, you know, it was kind of like an accessible RS car for for what I was doing at that point in life. Yeah, right. you, I, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't as expensive as, it was more much more affordable than say like an RS5, or certainly the RS7, which was like six figures, right? For sure. And so I went, <clears throat> I went on like a couple week bender, just calling up dealerships <laughs> all over the United States. And yeah, anytime, yeah. anytime you'd call a dealership with a Nardo gray one, they were like, oh, we're selling this at MSRP or over. And I was just like, we're you getting know, overs for those, you know, like I did, I, I did, I did like it. I thought it looked like a, it was a cool color, but mm-hmm. I called up, um, Audi Henderson out I think in Nevada and they were like, yeah. like the first thing out of their mouth, I was looking at an aura crystal blue and they mm-hmm. were like, we'll, we'll give you five grand off or whatever. And I was oh, like, nice. oh, I didn't even have to ask for that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. These guys want to move this thing. And, yeah. Uh, well, I remember so we went up to the dealer in Minneapolis and saw that RS5 in Nardo Gray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. And it looked cool, but man, the, I mean, the I was, blue that you got was so beautiful. Yeah, I was definitely tempted on that RS5, but mm-hmm. again, it came back to like the S5. It was like, this just does not work super well with dogs and moving things around. Um, right. If the if the RS five Sportback had been an option back then, I'd have thought about it. Um, right. But I also I just kind of wanted a smaller car at the time because mm-hmm. you know those the BMWs like that three that we were driving, that's a big car. That's like yeah, I mean five was, series size car in the nineties. So yeah, it's like a modern one series is is basically uh, you know what a three series was back in the nineties. Yeah. So so I got the RS three up here. And I had plans, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to get some, <laughs> some, you know, wheels and tires on this thing. And I'm going to, you know, put an Which exhaust on it. Yep. It looked really good. And, and when I got it up here, I was like, this exhaust is loud. <laughs> it was really loud. <laughs> it's, it's already loud enough. I mean, I, I totally get the people that put exhausts on. Like, it sounds wonderful. That, you know, five mm-hmm. cylinder engine is a, is a, is a sound to behold, but from from my perspective, you know, where I live and the neighborhoods I've got to go through to get to work, I was like, yeah. that's just too much. Six in the morning or seven that's in the morning. Too much. So mm-hmm. I think, what did I get? I'm trying to remember the, 
um, name. What were the name of the wheels that I put on there? Oh, were those the, HREs you put yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, the HREs, and uh, I got those. They were black because it had like a black optics package, so everything kind of tied in yeah, really nicely. It looked awesome. Yeah, it was a beautiful car. Um, but honestly, I didn't really need to modify much. I mean, the exhaust mm-hmm. sounded good. I personally didn't think it needed an engine tune. Like it, it was fast. It was it, it was, was super quick. It was over four hundred horsepower, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. it was. I don't know what it was. Maybe zero to sixty in like three point eight seconds. So I mean, mm-hmm. it hauled ass. I, I, you know, the the guys in the the Honda Civics. The guys with mm-hmm. like the modified wagons, they they the young yeah. guys, they would always want to race. They would know what it was, yeah. This thing, it just smoked people off the line because it had launch control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a fun <laughs> little car. It was just a fun little car. And you could fit it in any parking space you needed, you know. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's like very it's very usable. I will say this. My wife, uh, the this is a great memory of this, the RS3 at the beginning of the pandemic you know we everybody kind of hunkered down she wasn't going to work anymore Mm -hmm. was working from home and like you know it was kind of like the the first nice day out and i don't know what i was doing i was doing something and with her car and she's like can i just you know take yours out and i was like go for it and she Mm -hmm. said she took it out went on some back roads put the windows down and was just rocking to some music and, and it just like brought tears to her eyes. You know how like, fun it was. Yeah, how fun the car mm-hmm. is. You know, she's back out on the road and, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, she gets it. Well, yeah. that That's is an awesome, awesome car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought that was really cool. It was really cool. As someone who's not a car person, like it, it's yeah. it's exciting when when that moment happens and you're like see that's kind you're you're starting to understand what i get out of this hobby so i'm glad i glad she took it out that day but um, that's awesome so you know the backstory to the next car the big kahuna which i (laughs) was we bought um to replace my wife had a volkswagen tiguan and and she had really liked you know the the audis that i had owned and the rs3 and so she was interested Mm -hmm. in getting an audi but mm-hmm. I think both of us were kind of interested in in trying out an electric car. And so mm-hmm. we, we bought an Audi e-tron and that was her from the same company. Henderson dealership, right? Yeah, actually we did. They gave us a good deal. <laughs> Again. <Yeah. laughs> so I shifted up here and uh, and so she started, you know, driving that. And I obviously had been a petrol head growing up and mm-hmm. uh, I thought, well, this is kind of cool. You know, it's her car. That's great. Mm-hmm. But as I started to to drive it, I just thought, man, you know what? It doesn't have an exhaust, but this thing is quick. It's mm-hmm. super comfortable. And um, I, I thought it was funny because one winter we had a bunch of, you know, snow. And so all these days of school being closed. And so she didn't go to right. work on those days. And so I just took the e-tron and I, I figured out like, oh, my gosh, I can start this thing through the app. Remotely. And yeah. get it all heated up. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, <laughs> I, and I was like, you never told me you could do that. <laughs> so I was super jealous at that point. And well, um, this is, the Etron for the Etron was kind of like the meeting place for like the two things that you're most interested in, which is like cars and tech, like new tech. Exactly. And and I think I'll just you know I'm not a Tesla guy. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever buy a Tesla. I. 
what they've done is amazing. It's moved the ball forward, but mm-hmm. I'm also like a car guy that likes to be engaged with a car. I don't think of my car in the same way that I think of like a, a f- uh, an automated fridge or a cell know, phone. I, like it's just a tool. Yeah. Like I can use an app and look in the fridge and be like, okay, there's no ketchup. I need to get ketchup. Like right. as far as, you know, having grown up with the cars that I've owned and my parents had driving manuals, I, I want to be engaged with a car. And so, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like Teslas aren't engaging. It's just a different engineering philosophy. I think. Right. And so I don't think either of us really wanted one, but I was intrigued by them. And so I was like, I would like to check out this electric business. And, and I've so had a history with it. Yeah. And I'd had a history with Audi. So I thought, let's, yeah. let's start there, you know? And then I knew the, the Taycan was coming out and, you know, hmm. obviously they made a bunch of noise about this car. Um, right. Jalop, yeah. Road and Track, all of these blogs. You One know, of the first major forays into ev tech from like a major car company yeah and and from a major car company that does sports cars i thought i could probably trust these guys to incorporate a sports car like experience that i'd had in the s5 you know the rs3 the 335 right if anyone's gonna figure it out it's gonna be porsche like how to make an ev fun to drive and i just exactly and i just thought it looked beautiful. I thought it was a very mm-hmm. cool car. Yeah. I don't I don't you really fell in love with it when it was the Mission E concept, oh, basically. Sure. I mean, I, I'd had my eye on this thing for years. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it would cost or what how it would work, what kind of range, all of that stuff. So I right. just kind of waited for it all to shake out. But as it started coming out, I just thought this this could be the car. And mm-hmm. um you and I, we went up and test drove the Turbo S version back right. in 2020, I think. It was like in a, in January or something. Yeah, yeah, it was in the wintertime, I remember. It was so cool that they let us test drive that. And mm-hmm. that thing was just, it was bonkers. I mean, we that didn't was... launch control. It was mildly terrifying. <laughs> no, that was properly, like that is a, that was a properly crazy fast yeah, you know, fully sorted EV. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that, that was the first time where someone said, "Oh, make sure you put your head against the headrest before you hit the gas." And yeah. I, you know, because you think that's kind of a gimmick. You think it's a gimmick. <laughs> it legitimately will cause whiplash. It was, it was, yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. Do you want vertigo the rest of the day because your inner ear yeah. is screwed up? Put your head it's, against seat (laughs) it's such a confusing car because you get into this it's a fairly big car it's a long car it is a big car and it's heavy as shit it is and so you're like okay well physics would dictate that this can only go so fast (laughs) and then you know you put your foot down which credit to you you had the balls on the test drive to actually like put your foot all the way down (laughs) i mean it was like it was yeah it was roller roller coaster quick it literally made my face tingle when yeah. we floored that. And I thought the 720, the McLaren 720S is the only other car I've experienced that level of acceleration in. Yeah. It's insane. And I just thought, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then <laughs> I then it was know, a matter of which trim level are you gonna get. Yeah. So that was the that was what you know you and I we talked oh ad nauseum about for months. Um yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the 4S is the more reasonable version. Um, right. And it's it's just as quick as the RS3. But as I've, you know, kind of progressed through cars, I've, I've always 
enjoyed a different performance experience. And mm-hmm. so I thought for this, maybe the turbo was more the sweet spot. And right, right. I think even to this day, it it probably is. Um, you know, where you and I live, we don't we don't directly have access to a drag strip or a track. And mm-hmm. the amount of power that's available in the turbo is like it's more than I can really use. I can only yeah, use it yeah. for like a couple of seconds. And after that, you're you're in the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in the car impound territory if you're <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh so I think that was the sweet spot and I um I was able to get a it was actually kind of hard to track down a turbo build spot for some reason. I think mm-hmm. it was maybe just because it was new. But so yeah, I ended yeah. up getting a hold of a build slot out in a uh, portion of Milwaukee mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> was able to work work through them. And so I took, you and I took delivery of that. We went out there and, God, what was that? Was it September, I think, maybe? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. This year? Yeah, that was such think. a cool, that was such a cool experience, though, like the delivery experience. Because they, you should, you should kind of tell them what tell uh, everyone listening like what they did for you yeah so when we you know we showed up there you know it's it's a it's a presentation it's an experience and and i think that they you know they really buttered up they're like what what can we get you to drink can we get you a latte i mean it's not like mm-hmm. here's some cheap well, and, you, and you they have a room that is yeah. just dedicated to the delivery so your yeah, car's already right. there it's covered by like a a, a, a big a car covered, a big yeah. drape and they have and like can, video playing on the monitors around of like the Tycon TV ad and yeah, stuff like that. that. Yeah. And then they've got, uh, you know, they click the key and so then the lights are on. And so you can right. see, you know, these four, you know, pointed lights kind of lurking through, behind through the Yeah. You know, red LED in the back. And it, I mean, it looks, it looks like, you know, some kind of Blade Runner type thing yeah cool as so shit. then and then um you know then they kind of pull the shroud off and reveal the car and it's you know <laughs> pristinely detailed so it's like it's just yeah. beautiful it's just beautiful <laughs> yeah i just love that you you literally got exactly the car you wanted every single option you wanted yeah you could tweak everything and i was you know you and i obviously we talked about it over the summer like you know colors all these mm-hmm. options and it just came together. And what I loved was like, I don't know, maybe they say this to everybody, but the guys at the dealership were like, this is one of the most beautiful ones we've seen come in. And I basically just mm-hmm. styled it off the mission E, uh, the original. Yeah. E. Well, and the thing is you, you were kind of skeptical. You thought, Oh, they probably just tell that to everybody. But when you were doing all the paperwork in the office and I was talking with one of the other sales guys, he said the same thing to me, which, you know, why would he has no incentive, he, I guess. Right. He has no incentive to BS me. Like I'm not buying anything from them and you've already bought the thing. So I thought yeah. that was a pretty nice, nice uh, sentiment. Yeah. So then you and I, we drove that bad boy back. Um, <laughs> not without incident. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was, you know, kind of the, I don't know that it was an experience that was similar to, you know, kind of what we've had with the e-tron, you know, electrify America's, you know, they've got a little bit of growing pains, you know, we Mm -hmm. got all the chargers eventually worked. I mean, we made it home. Um, Right. Right. There were a lot of people checking it out, um, Mm -hmm. giving us thumbs up. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. I mean, you know, I, very cool experience. 
I, I never really got that. I mean, some people in the RS3, like they knew what it was, but most people just, it was a sleeper, total, you know, silent yeah. worker. Like it looks pretty much like an A3, whereas mm-hmm. the Titan is just like, it's its own thing. I mean, yeah, it's wild. yeah it, it looks different than pretty much anything else out there. Especially with like the, we, I ended up optioning the white missiony wheels. Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah, a I mean, that, unique wheel. That's a, that's a huge eye catcher. I think with the with like normal wheels on, you could yeah. you could mistake it for a Panamera or something like that. But I agree. With the missiony wheels, it's like, oh, this is something different. This is something special. So yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I adore that car. I, I adore that car. I know you know it's had some growing pains. It's a new model, um, but I've not really had any issues with it, and. I I just look forward to it every day. I mean, I drive um, a Volkswagen Alltrack kind of for really inclement weather or if I've got to run dogs around or pick them up after work and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. a manual, so it's a lot of fun. They're really like, it's a dichot. It's completely a different driving experience, the the wagon to yeah. the Taycan. But yeah. every time I get in the Taycan, every you know morning that I can drive it to work or something, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, you're while well, you were texting me was I think it was on Friday. You're like talking about how like you got in the car and it was already warmed up and, <laughs> and it's like I was saying warmers just, were on. It's just cheating in the winter because now I um I don't even wear like a coat and gloves into work and it's like you know two yeah. to two degrees Fahrenheit here yeah uh, i keep it all in the car just in case but you know i'm just like god this is cheating <laughs> yeah yeah no you can yeah you're like outside in the cold for like five seconds total yeah i mean i remember some winners you know getting into the r you know the rs3 and starting it up and it just sounds like it's dying because it's you know 20 below yeah it's struggling to turn over like I remember literally screaming out loud in the car because I was just so cold. My hands were like locking up, like, oh, this is terrible. And I was I thinking about my wife's e-tron, like, damn that car. <laughs> <laughs> one day I too shall have that. Yeah, one day, yeah. So oh. well, that's awesome, man. I I love the Tycon. I think it's a absolutely stunning, uh, stunning car. And Thanks. and have you felt like the handling? Oh yeah, you know, has kind of gotten there. Do you think Porsche's gotten there with that car? I do. I think that that's you know, if you're, I have not test driven a Model Three Performance or like you know a Model S Performance. Um, so I'm you know I'm kind of relying on because I watched reviews on these cars for a year while I waited um, mm-hmm. for this thing to get delivered, and it and it struck me that that was probably the biggest differentiator was mm-hmm. was kind of like the performance with the Tycon is available. It's on demand, ready to go. You don't have to heat up a battery or anything to prep it. And then that handling, it's the magic of Porsche. I mean, it's magic what they do with how they hide that weight. Now, yeah. you know, obviously, if you're on a racetrack and, and you're, you know, going balls to the wall, you're going to feel that weight. But yeah. if you're on, I mean, the, weight is, roads, the yeah. weight is low down, which is nice. It is low down. You're right. And that helps a lot. You and know, rear but, steer. Yeah. But if you're on back rows and you're just kind of, you know, thrashing it, it's, you almost don't notice it because I've, on my car, I optioned for the rear wheel steering and then the mm-hmm. dynamic chassis control. So 
it feels like it's on rails. I know that yeah. you you know I say that people say that all the time, but this feels mm-hmm. like it's on rails. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not exaggerating. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't move. There's no body roll. It's a little bit eerie sometimes, mm-hmm. but you have profound confidence going through a corner at speed with that thing. Now, yeah. obviously, if I took it on a track, you know, it's what is it? Almost maybe it is 6,000 pounds. I can't remember, but yeah, it's close to it. Your tires are not going to survive a track day where you're thrashing it on a track. Right. Um, Like the, the weight will be discovered, you know, physics exists. You you can't completely break the rules of physics. You can hide it only so much, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, daily driving back roads, driving, you know, you don't notice it that much. And it, Obviously, all those bells and whistles, um, they're just available on the Porsche. I didn't have them on the RS3, and so it's its quite a different mm-hmm. driving experience. Yeah, and, and just having the instantaneous torque is... is you a, know, uh... you're right. And and I know I, I talked about that with you. We were, you know, debating about, like, should you, you know, should I just get a 4S? And the performance is about the same as the RS3. And I thought, I don't know, will it be different enough? But the truth mm-hmm. is that torque being instantaneous. I mean, I went up later and tested her before S and was very confused after that <laughs> because I was like, oh, oh yeah. my God, that still feels crazy. Really fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at 60 miles an hour on the highway, it's still all available and there's right. no lag. You drop that pedal, it's gone instantly. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, I don't know that I think the ability of having that torque instantaneously available is almost of enough of a difference performance wise that you may not need like faster zero to 60 times because it's going to feel so different. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of diminishing returns like a, a 2.1 and a 1.9 zero to 60, exactly. you know, like, like the new Model S is touting, you know, is it's just is, madness. At, the, at this point i mean it it really is bragging rights i guess unless you've got a track that's available or some drag strip where you can really enjoy it it just right. that, that speed comes so quickly that if you're yeah. doing zero to 60 in two seconds god forbid you keep it floored three three and a half <laughs> yeah well it reminds me of a it reminds me of a comment that jeremy clarkson made on top gear when he was test driving the uh it was either the the veyron or the chiron but he basically said you know you have to look so much further up the road when you're thinking about putting your foot down on a car like this because you're going to be up someone's you know backside before yes you can really react well you know and that's the truth that torque is something to get used to because when you're going to pass someone you really need to get all the way out in the left lane before you punch it because oh, you're the their back RS3, you could floor it and you had like a, a delay. You had a delay before the turbo right. kicked There's in. There's a little bit of turbo lag, yeah. yeah. Get out in that lane and get around them. But in in the in an EV, a high performance EV, you're gonna eat you're gonna eat bumper. Like yeah. you punch yeah. it and you're not in that other <laughs> thing. Uh, so I, yeah, no, it's it's a completely different world, and and we are planning on doing it kind of an all EV podcast talking about some of these um, yeah. unique aspects of EVs and charging, and and Tucker's very knowledgeable about the the 
more infrastructure side of things as well. So um, yeah, something to look forward to. Uh, well, is that it, man? Is that all the cars? The legacy. I haven't bought any other cars that I haven't told you about. <laughs> <laughs> is none hiding in a barn somewhere? I, no, I've been tempted, but I haven't done it. Well, my wife has kept me in line. So smart, smart. Uh, well, that was that was great. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, those were some. Those are some. Uh, I I didn't. Even, I, I think there were a couple I didn't even know about. So that was fun to hear about. But um, the full legacy, brother. Yeah. Well, next week we'll we'll be kind of getting into uh, probably the more standard format of the show where we do cover some kind of interesting automotive and motorsports news for the week. Getting more into motorsports once the F1 season kicks off because Tucker and I are both uh, big into F1. So mm-hmm. um, uh, looking forward to that. But uh, thank you guys thank for uh, joining us again. It's always fun having, uh, you know, getting to chat, uh, with Tucker and, and hoping you guys are having a good time with it. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, it's the blow off valve podcast. We'll be posting, uh, when the new episodes go live each week, uh, as well as it's, that's a great place to kind of ask us questions and, and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, we'll be able to, to start answering questions and things on the show. And if you, again, if you have any show ideas, uh, feel free to leave, uh, some, uh, some in the comments there as well so uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll be back next week